Christ, more than ever before, we need the Holy Spirit as individuals and as a church, more than ever before. Sometimes I sit down and I reflect on our attitude as a church towards the Holy Spirit and I weep. We have neglected or downplayed who the Holy Spirit is in our lives and even in the church. How many feasts do we have for the Holy Spirit in the church? Only one. Think about it. Meanwhile, he is the one Jesus says he is now in charge. He's supposed to be in charge of the church. And if somebody is supposed to be in charge of you, and you relegate that person to the background, you don't pay attention to him, you don't respect him, so to speak, how can you move forward? Jesus says, it is for your profit that I go. If I don't go, 
the helper, the comforter will not come. But when he comes, it's for your profit. He will lead you. He will guide you. I encourage each one of us to consciously develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Without him, we cannot make it as individuals and as a church. We cannot. So even as this, um, these meetings are going on, let us pray for them that they will be opened to the Holy Spirit. The Pope and all the people, the, the bishops, the cardinals who are meeting, that they will be opened to the Holy Spirit. There is a way to tackle this issue. There is a way to go out of this crisis. But without the inspiration and guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit, we will go round and round and will not find any solution to it. It will take only the Holy Spirit. He knows the way. He knows what we are supposed to do. We must listen to him. As a church, we have faulted in so many ways. We depend so much on our intellect. But friends, we are a spiritual entity first before the body. But we rely so much on our, our intelligence, our philosophies, our wisdom. Meanwhile, our wisdom is foolishness before the Lord. We must learn to depend on the Holy Spirit. That is the way forward. That is the only way. As a church, we must learn to sit down and wait on the Holy Spirit and ask Him. Friends, one direction from the Holy Spirit, just one word from the Holy Spirit, can resolve all these issues. But our thousand solutions from our human minds will lead us nowhere. We need the Holy Spirit. Look at what Jesus told the disciples in Luke 12, verse 49. He says, wait. Wait. And Luke 24, verse 49 also. He says, wait. Luke 12, 49 and Luke 24, 49. Wait, wait, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the power from on high. In as much as the task I am giving you is important, but wait for the Holy Spirit. Because if you go on your own without him, you can be in a hurry, but you, you will make it. But as you wait for him, what you can accomplish with the Holy Spirit in one minute, a thousand years without him, you cannot accomplish that. So it pays for us to wait on the Holy Spirit. I sense the Holy, I mean the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, you see, he's grounding us as a church. He's humbling us as a church, but we must move according to him. If we will listen to him, what will come up or come out after this crisis will be a glorious church. God wants to revive his church. We must learn to listen to him. We must be humble. We have tried our human solutions. It's not working. It's worsening. We must learn to listen to him. In our first reading of today, we are told that Saul set off. Saul set off and went down to the wilderness. 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 2. Saul set off and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, accompanied by 3,000 men chosen from Israel to search for David in the wilderness. Saul set forth with 3,000 men in search of one person. Did they succeed in getting him? Did they succeed? No. Why? Because they went on their own strength. Saul trusted himself and trusted 3,000 men to go and search for one man, and yet they couldn't find him. Friends, without the Holy Spirit, it is not possible. In vain do we labor without the Holy Spirit. 
In vain do we toil without the Holy Spirit. It's interesting, it's interesting. Jesus says, he is your helper. The helper will come. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Friends, let us develop a conscious relationship with the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, the Christian life is not possible. The, without the, 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 the Holy Spirit, the priestly life is not possible. He is the only one who can help us. You see, it's when he is neglected, when he is not, when we don't have that relationship with him, that we get engaged and indulge in all manner of things to comfort us and to help us. We are misled without the Holy Spirit. All these scandals we are seeing in the church is because we have, re we have relegated the Holy Spirit to the background. Yes, indeed, we are weak, but he is our strength. No priest is strong on his own, and no priest can make it on his own without the Holy Spirit. And Jesus would be unfair to us to give us this task without any help. But we must be humble enough because Jesus is gracious to us. He has given us the Holy Spirit and we must pay attention to him. The Holy Spirit is interested in each one of us and wants to lead us. And he wants to guide us. The responsible Psalm said, the Lord is compassion and love. The Lord is compassion and love. Not was, not will be, but he is. Always, he is compassion and love. And because of his love, we are told the love of God, that is God himself, has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5 verse 5. And so, he is in us. By virtue of our baptism, we have the Holy Spirit, but we must allow him to work in us. We have the Holy Spirit, but he is prompting us, but we don't listen to him. That is the problem. We grieve the Holy Spirit. We hate him because he is showing us the way to go and we are not paying attention. That is the bane of the Catholic Church. That is our, our distraction. We must wake up as a church. We must get back to our roots. The Acts of the Apostles, that's the early church. Our, our ancestors, so to speak, we must trace, retrace our, 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 our feedback and learn from them. St. Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. But we want to rely on our intellect, our intellect, our intelligence. That is foolishness before the Lord. In vain do we labor. In vain do we labor. Waking up early and rising, the psalm will tell us. But the Lord gives sleep to his beloved. And who are his beloved? Those who will listen to the Holy Spirit. Those who pay attention to the Holy Spirit. Saul set off in his own might and strength. And that is what we are doing as a church. That is our distraction. We engage and handle issues that are spiritual with physical things. How can you handle matters that are spiritual with physical ideas? It's not possible. It's not possible. We cannot. How can you handle things you cannot see with things you can see? The things of the spirit are spiritual and they are spiritually discerned. The carnal man, we are told by St. Paul, the carnal man cannot comprehend nor understand them. But it takes the Holy Spirit who searches even the deep things of God to reveal these things to us. So we must learn to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. That is the way out. Saul set off and went down to the wilderness of Ziph accompanied by 3,000 men. Friends, no man can help us without the Holy Spirit. No man. 
3,000 men, yet they failed woefully because they trusted in the arm of flesh. But it takes only the Holy Spirit. Friends, depend on the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit every day to lead you and to guide you. In your business, in your work, whatever we are doing, as we set off every morning, Saul set off, but he went with men. When we set off, let us go with the Holy Spirit. When we set off in the morning, wherever we are going, let us go with the Holy Spirit. Once he is with us, the word of God says in Romans 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? God was with David. God was with David. And so, no matter the number of um, the army, um, number of armies you took against him, you will fail because God is with him. Friends, God is with us and God is for us. Let us listen to him. Let us listen to the Lord. So in the dark, David and Abishai made their way towards the force where they found Saul asleep inside the camp. In the dark. So in the dark, David and Abishai. Because God was with David, even in the dark, they could see. Can you see in the dark? Can you see in the dark? No. But because God was with him, David, so in the dark, David and Abishai made their way towards the force. So even in the dark, they could find their way. No matter how darkness surrounds us, if God with us, if God is with us, in fact, the word of God says, he is our light. Jesus is our light. And in fact, in his light, we see light. So when God is with us, even in darkness, we see light. Because he is light himself. So, as we are surrounded by this gloom, this darkness, as a church right now, this crisis, I call it darkness, we need, we need nothing but the light of Christ. The light of the Holy Spirit. So, in the dark, David and Abishai made their way towards the force. This force was supposed to be against them. And instead of them to be running away from that force, they were moving towards that force. Why? Even in the dark, because the Holy Spirit, God, was with them. Where they found Saul asleep inside the camp. If the Holy Spirit is not with you, no matter how prepared you are, no matter how strong you are, you will not make it. You will fall asleep, so to speak. You will fail. The, the psalmist tells us, the horse, that is David, from his experience, he says, the horse can be ready for the battle, but victory comes from the Lord. The horse can be ready for the battle, but victory comes from the Lord. We can prepare as a church with our intellect and whatever, but if we don't give room to the Holy Spirit, we will still fail. Woefully, we will still fail. It takes only the Holy Spirit. And so, David found him in the camp. Friends, it takes, look, these attacks we are going through, yes, by our carelessness and all that, yes, but it's all traceable to what? The enemy, so to speak. And the only way to overcome the enemy is to do what Jesus tells us to do. Sometimes it may sound contradictory. Sometimes it may sound illogical. But let us always remember the instruction, the advice of Mary in John 2, 5. Do whatever he tells you. But sometimes as a church, or as individuals, because we listen to our intellect many a time, in fact, more often than not, our flesh 
all that constitutes our flesh, the intellect, they go against the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes the promptings of the Holy Spirit may not make sense. And because we depend on our senses, we contradict the, the promptings of the Holy Spirit. What is it? The Holy Spirit will tell Joshua and Co. You are going for battle. He says, don't take any weapons. Go and march around the walls of, of Jericho. Go and march around. Does it make sense? He said, march around seven times. First day, they march around. Second day, they march around. Nothing. It doesn't make sense. And on the seventh day, he said, go around it seven times. Are they crazy? Think about it. And because they obeyed, the seventh day, the seventh time, he said, shout. They should be using weapons to dig and pull down the wall. He said, shout. And they shouted foolishly, so to speak. And what happened? They got their victory. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, they are going, they are, they are, they are, King Ahab, they are confronted with an army. They are going for a battle. The Lord says, don't worry, this battle is mine. As you go to fight, make sure that the choristers be in front. Choristers, singers, when you are, your enemy is coming against you with major weapons, serious weapons, you are asking people to go in front with drums, uh, tambourines, and be clapping and be singing. Does it make sense? You think about it in this sense, you wouldn't go. But that is an instruction from the Lord. It doesn't make sense. But he knew what he was doing. And they obeyed, and as they were in front singing, and those who were supposed to be fighting to be in front, he put them at the back. That is against natural, natural tactics. Those who are supposed to fight, strong men should rather be in front and those behind singing to praise them. But he revealed the whole thing. God makes our human wisdom foolish. He said it's foolishness unto him. And when they obeyed, what happened? They won the battle. It is time for us to sit up as a church, as individuals, to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. That is the only way out. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. He says, I am going away. But I am coming back as the Holy Spirit. And I will be with you till the end of the time. Think about it. How will you feel when somebody, or if somebody neglects you, somebody wants to help you, sitting by you, giving you instructions, and, or somebody wants your attention, and you neglect it. How, how does it feel when you are rejected, when you are neglected? How does it feel? Those in marriage and relationship, your partner or your spouse, is seeking your attention and you are being, uh, what, what's the term? You are, you are nagging. How does it feel? We have nagged the Holy Spirit all these years and we continue to do so. We grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us. Then Abishai said to David, today God has put your enemy in your power. So now, let me pin him to the ground with his own spear. That was human intellect. His approach, Abishai, you see, is not every advice we should all listen to. We have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Only the advice of the Holy Spirit, or only people who are inspired by the Holy Spirit who advise us that we should listen to. Abishai's advice, yes, it was just as easy. He said, I can just pin him once, I won't miss. And it's true. But is that what the Lord is saying he should do? David said, no. 
I know the scriptures. And the Lord says, the scriptures say, touch not my anointed, even when it, he is wrong. Touch not my anointed, even when he is wrong. Saul was obviously wrong. That was the enemy. No wonder Jesus cautions us in the gospel. Friends, judge not, condemn not. It may not make sense, but obey it. Some of us think we are too righteous, we are too holy. We condemn other priests, we condemn our... No! Guard your mouth, guard your mouth. Obey Jesus' simple instructions. Judge not. Who among you has not sinned to throw the first stone? I watched a very beautiful documentary by one, pre, uh, one bishop. He made a very beautiful uh, an, an, an analysis of what is happening now. Which priest? He, he just kept on going. Which priest has never done this? Which priest has never done this? Which priest has never done this? So let us look with mercy and compassion on our brother priests who are victims so far. Let's pray for them. Some of us will sit down and insult and judge. No, friends. The Lord is compassion and love. And so, David showed love to Saul, even though Saul was his arch enemy. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. David demonstrated meekness in this context. Blessed are the meek. Meekness is controlled strength. You have the power to hurt, to kill, to destroy, and you hold yourself, self-control. That is meekness. And that is what Jesus himself demonstrated when he came on this earth. Jesus could have destroyed all his enemies, but he did not. In fact, he would have contradicted himself. Look at today's gospel. It says, love your enemies. That was before he went to the cross. Now look at the pain he went through before he was crucified. Even on the cross, he cried out, Father, my father, why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? He was in pain. Yet he didn't curse his enemies, those who were inflicting pain on him. On the contrary, he said, Father, forgive them. Why? Because in 1 Corinthians 13, love always forgives. And God, the Lord is compassion and love. Can you imagine if Jesus in his pain had said, Father, curse them, condemn them or destroy them? He would have contradicted himself. So when Jesus tells us to love our enemies, he knows what he is talking about. The greatest power in the world is love. Love conquers all. Love conquers all. The greatest power, weapon on this earth, is love. No one else in power will tell us, if I have all the gifts of men and angels, if I have all the strength, whatever, and yet I have no love, it will all equate to zero. Nothing. Love is the key. In this mass, let us pray that God will open our eyes and let us be open indeed to the promises of the Holy Spirit that he will feel the, 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 the love of God which is already in us, the Holy Spirit who is already in us, that will be docile to his promptings, that will be open to him for his guidance and direction. Because as we allow him to have his way in us, we will prosper and succeed in everything we do. Despite the challenges, despite the opposition, we will succeed because God is with us. And if God is with us, who can be against us? And God is not only with us, but he's also for us. So David said, David answered, Abishai, do not kill him, for who can lift his hand against the Lord's anointed and be without guilt? So even if the Lord's anointed is guilty and at fault, 
Once you raise your hand against him, you are also guilty. Instead, pray for them. Jesus says, love your enemies. The truth of the matter is that it's difficult. It's not easy without the grace of God. To love your enemy, think about it. But with the grace of God, it is possible. And that's one of the secrets and one of the keys to blessing, receiving blessing from the Lord. As we obey the Lord as he instructs us. Even if it doesn't make sense. And our mother Mary loved us so much that she showed us this secret. She loved us so much. She says, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever the word of God tells you. In today's reading, Jesus says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Do you have enemies? It's a question to you. Do you have somebody who you know who hates you? Do you know somebody? Do you know somebody who hates you? Who wants your downfall? Do you know somebody? If you do, pray for that person. Jesus says. Pray for them. And if you have the opportunity to do good to them, do it. In fact, don't even look for the, don't even wait for the opportunity. Create that opportunity and do good to them. It's in our own interest and it's a blessing. Jesus will never give us an instruction that would destroy us. No. He knows what he's talking about. And think about it again. Does it make sense? No. The normal human nature will say, destroy your enemy. Insult back. Kill your enemy if you have an opportunity. But the wisdom of God, contrary to the wisdom of man, says, forgive, love, do good. There is a blessing in obeying Jesus. As I said, I've asked the question, if you know anybody that doesn't like you, somebody's looking for your downfall, make time daily and pray for the person. As you do, you are receiving blessings. Think about it. So David took the spear and the pitcher of water from beside Saul's head and they made off. No one, no one knew. No one saw, no one knew, and no one woke up. They were all asleep. For a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. That is what God can do. God is more than capable of protecting us. We don't need any, 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 whatever. God is more than enough. They were asleep. No one saw them. No one knew and no one woke up. With all their strength, with all their equipment, with all their preparation. No one. Friends, do you know that God has protected us? God has protected you from so many dangers. But because we don't see, we take things for granted. And we are lamenting a lot and complaining to God and saying all kinds of things. God doesn't love me and this. Because you are target, we are just targeting some things we are not getting. Think about it. But God has delivered us. He has protected us from so many things. Saul should have even been grateful to God after waking up. No wonder the responsibility says, My soul gives thanks to the Lord. All my being bless his holy name. My soul give thanks to the Lord and never forget all his blessings. Never. Count your blessings and name them one by one. And you will see how much indeed the Lord has been gracious to you and I. He, it is he who forgives all your guilt, who heals every one of your ills, who redeems your life from the grave, who crowns you with love and compassion. The Lord is compassion and love. He is slow to anger and rich in mercy. He does not treat us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our faults. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our sins. And as a father has compassion on his sons, 
the Lord has pity on those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, you know how far it is? The east from the west. So far has he removed our guilt. Each one of us, that is love and that's compassion. The Lord is compassion and love. Who am I? Who are you? The Lord is, after the Lord, he is compassion and love. Who are you? Are you vengeance and anger and hatred? No, we shouldn't be. Because the second reading tells us, the first man, Adam, as scripture says, became a living soul, but the last Adam has become a life-giving spirit. That is, first, the one with the true soul, the one with the soul, not the spirit. And after that, the one with the spirit. The first man, being from the earth, is earthly by nature. The second man is from heaven. As this earthly man was, so are we on the earth. And as the heavenly man is, so are we in heaven. And we who have been modeled on the earthly man will be modeled on the heavenly man. Friends, we are not just earthly people. We are also heavenly people. Think about that. By redemption, by the death of Jesus Christ, when we are baptized, we are raised up with him. That's what baptism is all about. So we are, Ephesians 2 verse 6, we are seated with Christ in the heavens. You, we may be walking on earth. That is what St. Paul will tell us. We are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven. And so we must carry that character of heaven in us. In heaven there is only love. That's why God, Jesus will tell us that as it is in heaven, the our Father, Lord, our Father in heaven, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants to see a reflection of heaven on earth. And in heaven, there is only love. And so as citizens of heaven, we must carry love. We must show love. In Colossians, he says, put on love. Put on love. Colossians 3. Put on love. What does that mean? To put on something like a, put on a shirt. When you put on something, they see that and not you again. So as we put on love, in other words, put on God, for God is love, and the Lord is compassion and love. So as we put on the character of God, wherever we find ourselves, we radiate him. That is our calling this morning. May God give us the grace. May we, in fact, God is giving us the grace. May we be open to the grace of God. And demonstrate him wherever we find ourselves. May we be keen, may, may we be keen to listen to the Holy Spirit, to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Like David, may we learn to forgive. May we learn to love. May the Spirit of God that enabled David to forgive Saul enable us also to forgive indeed our enemies and love them. And we pray once again, consciously, let us make it a habit to pray day in and out for the church. That we will open, we will be so open to the Holy Spirit. I know at the end of all this crisis, God will revive his church. God will revive his church. But we, this is a very critical moment for us to listen for direction and to listen and be obedient to his promptings. We pray for his graces in this mass. Amen. Spirit divine, attend our prayers and make this house your Descend with all your grace.
gracious pass. Oh, come, grace, spirit, come. Come as the light to us reveal our emptiness and woe, and lead us in those paths of life. Where on the right yours go. Make it your prayer. Come as the fire and pegas. Like sacrificial flame. Let our whole soul honor. Be to our redeemer's name. Friends, to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we must make time to wait in prayer. Make time to wait in prayer. And to wait, to have time to meditate in the presence of the Lord. That is how we cultivate, one of the ways we cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary.